But when writing songs, it's kind of tricky because there's a fine line between writing from a real place, giving it that personal touch, but also not making it so personal that other people can't relate to it. And what I've always loved about your music, Phil, is that you seem to walk that line almost perfectly. For you to have your music come off as genuine, but also relatable, I think that's a skill that not every songwriter has, and it's what makes you one of the best. I think if you write a song and then people go, you know, it's like you were looking in my window. Um, you know, that's when you really nailed it, you know, and I think that's the thing. I mean, some songs can be really, really introspective. Like my next 30 years totally was, I mean, it totally was, I had no idea in a million years that it would mean anything to anybody, but me, but you know, it did. And, and so, you know, you're lucky sometimes. And then sometimes songs are so personal that, you know, that they really, really can't, like you said, they really can't really apply to anyone else, but that's that songwriter but i think a songwriter needs to get them out no matter what with just another day in paradise so it goes number one it's your first number one as a recording artist you had had number ones that others had recorded what was the difference for you uh i'm assuming it's an even better feeling oh my god i mean and of course carly was a big hit it went to two or whatever and then and then i was like oh man you know and then and then paradise happened and it was uh yeah it's massive i mean it's uh it's just a great thing and to, to feel that happen it's like you know you know that um, like I said, once again, I kind of knew what goes into it. So you really realize as an artist, and as a writer, you don't realize a lot of the stuff that's behind the scenes going on. And then as an artist, I really did. And I was like, oh boy. So, but it was, uh, it was massive for me. It was, uh, it meant so much. And of course it still does. I still can't believe it's been 20 years ago. Three more off of that album would come Rose Bouquet, Six Pack Summer. And that's when I love you. Uh, Rose Bouquet is one that, uh, it, it didn't go to the top. But I always really love that song. I feel like it's one of your underrated songs. Well, I mean, it, it was a sad song. I mean, it's a, um, you know, and of course at that point, you know, nobody, it just seemed like everybody needed up-tempo songs. I mean, even a top 10, which it was, it's still, it, it, you know, you, at that point, of course, I'd had so many hits, I almost felt like it was a failure. But I guess, um, you know, a, a top 10 is a blessing too, you know. So it was a, it was a good song, man. And I, I just... Um, I think it, at the time, um, it was, uh, you know, of course, Six Pack Summer came out, and I think it, um, you know, was another big hit, but it was, uh, Rose Bouquet was, uh, I think as a songwriter, songwriter, it, yes, it's probably one of my best works, I think. Well, then there's Six Pack Summer, which is just such a feel-good song, man. It's impossible to listen to it without a smile on your face, and when my wife heard that I was going to interview you today, Phil, she wanted me to tell you, that is her favorite song. She absolutely loves it. Uh, it's awesome. I love playing that song every night. Every night in concert, I love playing that song. It's just, uh, it makes me feel good no matter what kind of mood I'm in. For some reason, everybody just stands up and sings it. And 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 I'll never get sick of singing that one. That's just the one that always just seems to make me feel good. You know, Your songs are roll the windows down type songs and, and cruise and, and, and crank it up. You know, that, that song in particular is one, but you, you have several like that. You know, I think of the Eagles as well that have a ton of songs like that. Oh, the Eagles. Oh, man, heroes, you know. And, but, yeah, it's a, um, it's a good one to, to uh, go down the record. It's funny because I remember one time I was, uh, um, I was driving down the street and the song was out. And I was at a stoplight, and somebody was blasting it in their car. And I remember I was right next to them. They had their windows down, and they were just singing it. And I just looked over. I'm going, this is so cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I, it's like you want to go, hey, that's me. You know? And, but, I, of course, I didn't. But 
it was just it was really really cool um just to see that you know i've had dashboard backup vocalist but i'm not sure i've ever had a dashboard drummer until that song came out yeah dashboard drummer that was a uh that's funny that uh, you know because uh i remember i was in one of my friend's cars one time and and I was young, and and I was beaten on the dashboard so much it made the, it broke the speaker. <laughs> He'll never let me live that down either. I felt so bad. Of course, you know we're just beating. I'm just beating on that dashboard. And anyway, funny. Again, all of these songs are from that debut album, which was an incredible success for you. Uh, that's when I love you. What can you tell me about writing that one? You know what? I actually wrote that with my wife at the time, Julie. Um, we were, you know, it was some kind of funny thing. We were in the car. I'll never forget it. And, and it was um, something happened, something cute, whatever it was. And we just started laughing about it, and we just started writing the song. Julie's a really good writer, too. You know, it, we started writing these words down. And then I remember getting to the piano, and it was a ballad at the time. And, and I just remember going, you know, cutting the song in the studio, and it just didn't seem right. And I was like, man, it's just something. I love it. I love it. And this is when we were working on the demo, and, and, and I just kept, I said, let's just speed it up a little bit. And then, we, and, I, and then it was a little bit faster, a little bit faster. And by the time it was over with, I said, okay, this is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this up-tempo song. It's supposed to be this rocking That's When I Love You was, it's one of my favorite records I ever recorded. I mean, I love the way it feels and sounds. And um, playing it live, once again, too, people love that. So I can't. <laughs> I got to say, I'm glad we uh, picked up the pace on that one. And when I was talking to Jody, she mentioned that y- you know it's a Phil Vassar song if you have to like speak really fast to to get all the words in to to <laughs> keep. It, I, she didn't mean it as a shot, I don't think, but like. Well, of course she didn't. No, she sang with me on that record. Yeah, was that your style? Like, because you did that on a lot of songs. Yeah, I mean, Little Red Rodeo. I remember, um, you know, of course with Colin. Colin did. Colin sang with me on Carlene. You know, he was like, and that's the one thing about um, he sang backups with me on that, and and you know, those guys were so great. They were so, and Joe D's like, ah, are you kidding? I'd love to sing with you on the record. So that's when I love you. Um, she came in and sang, and she and everybody would always say, even the record labels were like, you you put too many words in your songs, <laughs> and uh, and I'm not kidding. It's it's really funny. And I said, you know, my my motto is if it seems like it's got too many words, add more. So that's what I did. Yeah. So, Funny. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. I, I uh, dove into songwriting myself for a little while, and I, I took it to a studio, and they, they told me that I had too many words. And I'm like, man, I was just listening to Phil Vassar, and he has so many more <laughs> words than I do, and it sounds awesome. So, <laughs> Hey, man, I tell you what, it's like, uh, you know, you listen to raps and stuff, rap and stuff. I mean, I don't know how these guys get all these words in there, but they do. And and um, But you know what, man, it's a, it's a different thing. You know, sometimes... Sometimes it's really good, and and, and I always love, and I love Vince Gill. He's one of my favorites. You know, Vince is one of my favorite guys, my favorite singers, of course, and writers. But he he can do more with less words than anybody I've ever known. And I think it's just like <clears throat> guitar players that just overplay. You know, they they it's like it's almost so it, it's it's it hurts the ear almost. But Vince can can just like when I call your name. Mm-hmm. will always be one of my favorite songs of all time. And um, it's just because his voice, I think it's so angelic, man. There's something about, you know, he oozes that soul out of in, into every note he sings. And 
And, uh, you know, sometimes you don't need a lot of words. I guess my songs just do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it kind of shows the talent being able to to pull it off and, and still make it sound good, though. Well, it is, and, it, and it's just what makes it different. And I think that's what, um, that was my, it, it was my point of difference. And I think in business and all these things, you look at these things and it's called point of difference. And what, what makes you different than, what makes McDonald's different than Burger King or what makes Chick-fil-A different than Kentucky Fresh? What, you know, you need your thing that makes, you know, what makes Phil Vassar different from Ben Skill or from whoever. And, and you always go, well, you know, this is what makes them different, I guess, you know. So I guess that's good. Of course, you'd follow with American Child. We already touched on that. Your next really big one, though, was In a Real Love in 2004. I wanted to make sure we touched on that one because it was a, another huge hit for you, Phil. Right. You know, that was a funny thing. Craig and I wrote that song together, Wiseman, and we were we were at my house, and, we, you know, he'd come over, and we'd sit there, and he was looking at my yearbook. <laughs> he was just laughing. <laughs> he goes, holy crap, is this you? I'm like, yeah, you believe that? And I had my Letterman jacket on, and. You know, and I had that big Bruce Jenner haircut going on, the old Bruce Jenner, not the new Bruce Jenner. But the, uh, but anyway, it was pretty funny, and we were just talking about, you know, our, you know, I was standing there in the, in the hall with my girlfriend, and anyway, it was just funny. So we just, we we wrote really real love, and and it was just one of those songs that just happened so fast, and and uh, we cut the record, and it was a great, it was um, it was a big record for me too, big number one song. So I like that. So many good songs. Last day of my life. Love's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I, uh, of course, love's a beautiful thing is is um, you know, I just a lot of people, folks. It's it's kind of a wedding song, really. You know, and a lot of people have used that. As a matter of fact, friends of mine in California used that in their wedding last weekend. Um, last day of my life too is a is a song. I mean, I, I that was another song. I my buddy Tim had this idea and, and, and he, he'd written it as a really up-tempo song. So this is the opposite thing. And then I just, we, you know, we just lost one of my really close friends, Robert Byrne. He was a great songwriter producer, Bruce Shenandoah and wrote a bunch of hits for Earl Thomas Connolly and all kinds of guys. I mean, just a great writer and one of my mentors. So I said, Tim, I think it should be like this. And then, and then we floated, uh, and he's like, seriously? So it became a ballad. And then uh, Last Day of My Life was a big song, too, for me. And, and, you know, I mean, it was the opposite. I'm used to, it was the first big ballad number one I ever had. Another great song and another huge hit. And we can say that about most of the stuff that you've been able to put out. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you just being so forthcoming with all the stories behind the songs and, and really gracious with your time, too. And I already knew that you'd done a ton of work with other artists, but hearing some of the names that you've dropped throughout this interview, it seems like you've worked with just about everybody. Is there anybody else that we missed? Who haven't we covered here? I mean, Huey Lewis, of course. He and I um, are, are good buddies, and and he you know, he recorded with me on my record. Kenny Rogers, uh, oh. I can't see nothing about him. You know, I love Kenny, and he was he really took me under his wing. Uh, when I first came out and took me on the road with him, he, he he paid his own band to back me up. I mean, it was amazing what the blessings that, I mean, the people that have done, I mean, Kenny was a, an amazing man and I miss him. I really do. I miss him and, and, uh, and Charlie Daniels. Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, I do this thing, uh, Christmas for kids. Charlie and I did it together for, um, almost 15 years. We did it every year for Christmas for kids in Nashville. And then, and, uh, you know, now doing it without him is, you know, I just had an interview this morning about it. And i tell you what, man, Merle Haggard, um, you know, I've gotten, I sat on the bus for hours at a time with him. 
and just talked and Buck Owens and people like him and but um, and Willie and I, I just there's this whole generation of artists that I'm just gonna miss, you know, and but have uh, really given other artists their 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 time, their soul, and their I, I I don't know. There's so much information they have. I mean, they've given us advice. I mean, George Jones. I remember him saying, and I ended up buying George's bus when he when he passed. Um, Nancy called and said, "I'm selling George's bus. Do you want it?" And I said, "Absolutely, yes, ma'am." You wow. Know, so. And it was, uh, so I did. And, and, um, he was that guy. I mean, he was so, you talk about forthcoming. These guys were amazing. I mean, they, they made every mistake they could possibly make. And you know what they were like, don't do, do, do what I say. Not as I did. <laughs> <You know>? and, <laughs> and, uh, it was, uh, it was great advice, you know, great advice for us, you know? And, and I think I've, um, I've had some great conversations with even, even new artists now, well, ask me, and I'm saying, holy crap, I think I'm that guy now that, um, you know, that's been, you know, that's, that, that, that needs to give advice and talk to these artists. And, you know, and uh, so it's fun. I mean, it's guys like, you know, the Brothers Osborne and Old Dominion, guys like that, that, that work for me, you know, that, that now they're big stars themselves. So it's cool to sort of, and Granger Smith and, um, you know, these guys, are, are now in their own right, they're, they're big artists. So it's really, really fun to, to see that all go down. Well, Phil Vassler has been our guest tonight in the Honky Tonk Time Machine. Before I let you go, Phil, uh, you talked about songs from the cellar. What are you, two seasons into that now? Two seasons, and we just, yeah, I mean, it's, you talk about a great time. I mean, let's have Dennis Quaid on. Oh, my God, Vince and, you know, Tracy Lawrence and Jody Messina did it this year with me and, and um, you know, Six Brooks and, uh, Kelly six. I mean, the list goes on and on, and it's just been been so much fun. Folks come over to my my house to my wine cellar, and we sing songs. <laughs> Are you kidding? I might have the best job in the world. <laughs> yeah, actually. that sounds pretty good. Do you sing your songs and their songs? Do you just sing whatever you want. We sing whatever. And yeah. you know, Peter Frampton. I've had Sticks. I've had Tommy Shaw, Michael, uh, Mike Tyson, Carrot Top. I've had some great, great guests. I'm wow. Just, um, I mean, we. I've had all kinds of. You know, Tanya Tucker. Oh my God, it's just been great. I mean, I, I gotta say, man, I'm, I'm about the luckiest guy in the world right now. <laughs> so again, you can catch that on the Circle Network, and is that streaming somewhere where people can go and binge it? They're starting to get into all that stuff. It's a brand new network, and you know, so we're um, we just got picked up in a bunch of international markets. So it's really, really, really cool. Awesome. It's Circle Network, by the way. That's the Grand Ole Opry's new network, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the Opry's part of that. Gaylord. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gray Media, and it, so it's. Um, it's really growing. It's growing fast, actually. So we're um, I'm just happy to be on the ground floor of this. It's very, very exciting. All right. Hey, Phil, we're looking forward to seeing you back out on the road again, hopefully sooner rather than later. Me too, buddy. I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you coming on my show. Thanks, Glenn. Hey, buddy, thanks again, and we'll talk soon.